0: Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero and Sean Starr. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick.
1: It's The Sick Podcast, Marinero and Sean Starr. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, including our Instagram handle, at the sick podcast, my man, Star. How you doing, bud? Tony, always a pleasure
0: to see you. I hope you're uh, you're doing well and we're profitable. And I told you, follow
1: my lead. I told you, Tennessee on the money line, plus 155, baby. I got to hand it to you, baby. You give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Okay, let's talk about the game that we saw on Monday Night Football. It was to no one's surprise the Seattle Seahawks beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Sean, they beat them by six. Your initial thoughts.
0: Uh, that's tough. It's tough for betters. It's tough if you if you if you didn't buy the hook at six and a half points. Because that's why Vegas does so well, Tony. It's why the bookmaker drives the Cadillac and why the better takes the bus to the betting parlor. Uh, these guys know exactly what they're doing. I feel for betters uh, that were laying the six and a half points with Seattle. Uh, you didn't get there. But ultimately, I'm a bit concerned today about the Seattle Seahawks. I know they won the game. I know they they won on the road in Philadelphia. But the Seattle Seahawks, in their last 10 games, Tony, have been given up 434 point whatever yards per game. The Philadelphia Eagles, who everybody in their grandma says is terribly coached and they have a terrible quarterback, dropped 250 yards on the Seattle Seahawks defense in a six-point margin. Seattle, in the cold weather, come defense, come playoff time, I don't know. I don't know if yesterday was a bit of a red flag. How do you feel?
1: Well, this is the way I feel. We're going to get to our power rankings in the show a little bit later. But for me, there are three categories, the two best teams, the next three or four teams, and the teams after that. And the Seattle Seahawks have done nothing to convince me that they belong in that second category. So I believe they're in that third category. Well, they give up way too many yards. They give up too many points. They don't They don't put the pedal to the metal. They don't kick teams while they're down. They just seem to get by. Their last four road performances have not been very convincing. If that would have been another opponent last night, I think they lose. But speaking of that opponent, Carson Wentz, and a lot of people are wondering whether the Philadelphia Eagles should move to a new quarterback. Wentz, Coach Doug Peterson, the O-line, which one is struggling the most? Well, listen, this is going to come across
0: as a defense of, of Carson Wentz. My intention here isn't to sell anybody on Carson Wentz being the franchise quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. But where I'm concerned about Philadelphia moving forward isn't necessarily all about Carson Wentz. It's more about the lack of imagination. It's more about the the lack of creativity and trust from Doug Peterson, who I understand is a Super Bowl winning coach with Nick Foles. But here's what's going on in Philadelphia. They've had 22 offensive line combinations. That is by far the most in the National Football League. As a matter of fact, their entire uh, group, their top five personnel, haven't even gotten 100 snaps together in terms of experience. So not only was was Carson Wentz struggling to find targets and overthrowing guys because he doesn't really have a lot of time, he was sacked six times. He's on pace to set another NFL record for lack of protection how many times this guy is put on the ground, Tony. I understand Carson Wentz isn't the, the next version of Patrick Mahomes here. He's not Tom Brady. He's not even Aaron Rodgers. I still think he's a good quarterback. What I think has happened here is that he is no longer inspired. I think he plays for a boring coach who has no creativity. Tell me how someone like Miles Sanders touched the ball six times, was targeted eight times in the ball game. Nobody throws the ball to the outside here. I mean, there's nothing. Carson Wentz, the quarterback, quarterback on the Philadelphia Eagles I think led this team to rushing like how is that possible Tony it's
1: boring Doug Peterson
0: I think is the bigger problem here
1: well listen Sean the quarterback in football much like the goal scorer in soccer the goal scorer in hockey or the guy who puts down the most baskets in basketball is the most important player on that field and when they're not producing their confidence gets affected and when their confidence is low they continue to not produce and drown themselves and then all of a sudden they have a big outing They get their confidence back up. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, Doug Peterson will look better and the O-line will look better if Carson Wentz's confidence goes up. Right now, I think there's a serious confidence issue. He has one less interception than he has touchdown. I believe he's got 15. The interception that he threw, Sean, on Monday Night Football, there was nobody in sight. No, it wasn't anybody. He has no time, Tony. He got out of the pocket
0: once. He got out of the pocket once in that loss to uh, Seattle on Monday night football. I mean, I, I don't know what else you're supposed to do if you're Carson Wentz. And that's what I'm saying off the hop here, is that I'm not here to defend him and to make a case for Carson Wentz as the franchise quarterback in Philadelphia. Yeah. But I think you talk and touch on something important, confidence. This guy has is, is absolutely been kicked in the nuts repeatedly by everybody with a mouthpiece here. I don't and, – and it's I guess it's my nature to go against the grain is everybody's dumping on – Carson Wentz, I feel like I have to protect this guy. And, yeah. and when, I, when I see the the amount of criticism directed at him, I say, wait a minute, Why can it simply be just quarterback? Can it simply be just him? Or is there something else at play here? And I think when you're losing repeatedly, when you have a coach who doesn't inspire you, maybe you're not surrounded well enough, and now you're down in the dumps and you keep losing. And every time you turn on the radio or you watch the sick podcast or you flip on the television, people are telling you how shit you are. And I think that weighs you down like an anchor. And I'd like to see a change. I'd like to see Jeff Lurie uh, bring a culture change to Philadelphia. And I want to see if that changes Carson Wentz's fortunes before they eventually move on.
1: It's too bad that the borders are closed, my friend, from Canada to the United States, because the fact that you want to protect Carson Wentz, maybe you should try out for offensive linemen of that team. Listen, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's the worst quarterback in football, but I do find that on those rare occasions where he does have time and space, his accuracy for what should be easy passes is off, leading to me to believe that there's a confidence issue. All right, okay, so we recap Monday Night Football. Uh, let's preview Wednesday football if we can. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game that was initially supposed to be on Thanksgiving Thursday in the United States as the primetime game at night. It got postponed and moved to Sunday afternoon at 15. That game got postponed and moved to Tuesday. That Tuesday game now has been moved to Wednesday, 3.40 p.m. And the reports, what we're hearing coming out of Pittsburgh right now, is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are absolutely livid because the Denver Broncos game took place as scheduled without a quarterback. And the Steelers believe that the league is doing the Baltimore Ravens more than one favor here. Where do you stand?
0: I uh, listen, if I remember the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, you know, outside of saying how frustrated I am that I think I'm preparing for a game that inevitably doesn't take place, let me ask you this question. Yeah. If you played on the Pits- if you played on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL says, you know what, uh, we're throwing practice roster players out there, how comfortable would you be going tete tete face to face with a Baltimore Ravens player? Very I wouldn't want to play the game at all. So I don't I don't see, you know, where, where the anger and the frustration is. The Baltimore Ravens have been ravaged with COVID. I don't want to be anywhere near the Ravens until I know that everybody is, is more or less clean, the contact tracing is done, and then I can yeah. line up, uh, uh, you know, head-to-head with these guys.
1: But, Sean, all these players, they think they're invincible. They think they're not going to catch the virus. They're in the business of professional sports. They're in the business of results. Well, if they know that they're going to take on who's playing such a huge game, is ravaged. They want to destroy them. That's what happened here. The Pittsburgh Steelers wanted a give-me game. They wanted to destroy the Baltimore Ravens. And look, I I still say this. I still think Pittsburgh's going to win. But if that game would have taken place last week with all those guys out and with little preparation, then they would have destroyed them. I still think they'll get by, but I think this game could be close listen
0: like to, to go back to something you had said earlier if you're if you're thinking at this point right uh if you're a member of the Ravens or the Steelers that you're invincible here you're clearly not paying attention and you're your borderline have the IQ of the football cleat you're wearing it makes no sense to me we watch Kendall Hinton a guy who we never even knew existed before actually quarterback for an NFL team in a game that actually mattered in the standings why because because Drew Locke and Jake Bortles and and everybody else in Denver couldn't be bothered to wear a mask because maybe they didn't believe COVID-19 could get to them. Well, guess what? It did, and they didn't get to play quarterback. Some scrub from the practice roster was throwing a football at an NFL game on Sunday while Drew Locke was sucking on his thumb wishing he'd wore a mask. So if you're upset, you're not paying attention, and you're stupid. And secondly, when I move around the board here and I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers – I honestly believe at this point, I think this sets up for a nice seven-point teaser with the line of 10 points. It's moved up to 10.5. I saw it open up at 8.5. It's moved up to 10 where it's settled as we record this here um, this afternoon on a, on, a, on a Tuesday with an over-under set at 42 points. Tony, I think this sets up for a nice little teaser play. Maybe you want to tease it down to Pittsburgh, minus three, over 35. But there is part of me that thinks – that Pittsburgh is going to kick the snot out of the Baltimore Ravens. Because when I look at what's happened here, sure, the Baltimore Ravens don't have their starting uh, tight end. Mark Andrews, he's not going to play. Lamar Jackson uh, isn't going to play there. But they still have their two uh, two starting cornerbacks on defense. But does it really matter? The Baltimore Ravens ranked 31st in total offense. They're not a very good passing team. The Pittsburgh Steelers have everybody but James Conner at running back. Chase Claypool is going to be there. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be there. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be there. The Pittsburgh Steelers allow a league-low 17.4 points. So I do think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to exact their revenge. I do love the seven-point teaser, but I do think the
1: Pittsburgh Steelers win and cover the 10 points. Top five, bottom five. Let me rattle off my bottom five to you very quickly and see if you agree. Worst team in the National Football League, the New York Jets. Second, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Third, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Fourth, I have the Dallas Cowboys. And fifth, I have the Chargers. I was contemplating between the Cowboys and the Chargers, but ultimately the Chargers have put up more points and have given up less. So that's my order. Are we good? You know, it's, it's funny. I put the char- All our picks are the same for the
0: bottom five, but I put my Chargers at three and eight with the little heading. I write all these notes to myself. One heading, Anthony Lynn's play calling. That's it. That's why he's right there in the bottom five. That play calling was 16 seconds to go. The guy runs a draw up the middle with no timeouts. I would have fired
1: him. Sean Starr's NFL power rankings, your top five. Who do you got? Here we go. The Kansas City Chiefs, number one. Pittsburgh Steelers,
0: New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers, and making an appearance coming in at number five. Your Buffalo Bills.
1: Wow.
0: All right. Okay.
1: (laughs) You ready? Until they lose a game, the Pittsburgh Steelers are number one. The Kansas City Chiefs are number two. The New Orleans Saints are number three. The Green Bay Packers are number four. And after laying the smackdown on the Indianapolis Colts and putting up 45 points and Derrick Henry's three touchdowns, the Tennessee Titans are back in the power rankings, and they're at number five. Well, you're welcome for that again. You're
0: welcome for Tennessee in your top five because I told you they were going to win. And here's the thing. Listen, Kansas City, Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards in 14 minutes, and then when they needed to score again, Tony, It's like they played them with a cat and mouse. When they needed to beat Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes said, okay, I'm just going to score a touchdown now. I don't think they're going to lose
1: again this year, Tony. Sean, if the Kansas City Chiefs played the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight in an NFL playoff game, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. But until the Steelers lose a game, they're going to be on top of my power rankings. That's just the way it is. They're perfect so far, my friend.
0: Kansas City's the best team in football. Therefore, they're the number one
1: team. They're They're the number one team. They're the number one team. They still haven't lost. And as good as that's Kansas science, City is, they won by a field goal versus the Tampa Bay Bucs. Science, but I get it. You.
0: The Bucks probably put up a better
1: point. All right, my God man. God, God bless you, God. you, too. This was the Sick Podcast. You can listen to us on all social media platforms. Until the next time, goodbye.
0: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next week. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook,